You're listening to Daily Notes, presented by Home Sideways. On this episode of Daily Notes, we're going back and talking about things I've watched recently that I need to report on desperately. Let's get into it. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. I drink your milkshake. If you only knew the power of the dark You have my curiosity. Now you have my attention. This is how I went. Shall we begin? Welcome back to the Almost Sideways Podcast. My name is Adam, and these are my daily notes where I have fun conversations about films. Uh, this episode, uh, not going to be based off a year. Last time we talked about a journey with Spielberg. Uh, but there's a couple movies recently that I definitely need to uh, talk about on the podcast. So I figured let's take a ep- break from the traditional you know, picking a spinning of the wheel at the year, and we're talking about two movies on those pop episodes, but we're going to go back and we'll talk about several films on this episode, kind of do quick bullet, uh, rapid fire type of uh, show here, it's not going to be too long, but it's a good report on some some movies. Uh, one of the films is Punch Drunk Love, which is, I was supposed to be on the podcast for the deep dive uh, from a few weeks ago, but like a month ago now at this point. I need to talk about that film. I also need to talk about film that I signed to watch by Terry. That is Swan Song, Swan Song, which is streaming on Apple Plus with Mahershala Ali. And I also think I want to talk about Last Night in Soho, which is another film I've recently watched, which is not you can actually find streaming on HBO Max. Uh, and yeah, I think that's what I might be talking about on this episode, kind of a, a smorgasbord of uh, films different years and such well actually two of them came out the same year well came out last year anyway so that's what i've been watching those last couple weeks i did go see bodies 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 this last weekend it was fine it was cool i liked rachel Sanote and pete davidson in that movie in that movie quite a bit ali pace really cool guy performance there too uh and uh good to see maria bakalova again from borat too oscar nominated actress uh but anyway uh, that bodies 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 i think uh it was a really fun time but it left me disappointed when i left the theater so i gave it like two and a half stars quick little little ranking it could probably be three stars if maybe i'll watch it again we'll see but anyway let's go into our first review and that is going to be the 2002 film punch drug love starring adam sandler punch drunk love is directed by paul thomas anderson and stars Adam Sandler, as well as Philip Seymour Hoffman, Emily Watson, Jason Andrews, Luis Guzman, and Don McManus, along with other actresses as well, and actresses. Uh, Paul Thomas Anderson is a director that I've seen a few of his films, but I guess before we do talk about that kind of stuff, let's talk about the synopsis of this movie. Uh, socially frustrated Barry Egan calls a phone sex line to curb his loneliness. Little does he know it will land him in deep trouble and will jeopardize his burgoning uh, romance with a mysterious Lena. A Punch Truck Love is a movie I didn't really know too much about. I knew that it was celebrating its anniversary, 20 years. Congratulations there. Uh, and it's one that I, I knew I had to watch. I wanted to do it up a first time watch with this one, so it's kind of perfect that we're talking about this film. Uh, and I, I really am, I really like dramatic turned um, Adam Sandler, Jim's top 100 movie of all time. 
Punch Drunk Love is no different. I think he's really dang good in this movie as Barry Egan. I really like his, um, you know, you can see where his little bits of rage comes out at times here as well, which is perfect. I think uh, Adam Sandler does a really great job. Arguably an Oscar snub in 2002. And what I really liked about Punch Drunk Love here is the chaotic nature of the story. It, it didn't really hook me right away. And I'll be honest, I kind of didn't care for it the first like half that I watched but then I was like you know what no I need to take an honest approach while watching this movie so I restarted it a couple days later and I rewatched it again and I appreciated the points on this the you know I guess air quotes the second watch I did of it and I appreciated a lot more of the first half of the film that Paul Thomas Anderson was doing maybe I'm not a huge like fan of his work he's a really good talented director we'll talk about him in a little bit but the third act of this movie really starts going where um there's this hit out on barry egan and he encounter also confronts philip seymour hoffman's character those got me really engaged i was really like it paid off this whole crazy build pays off uh the, the score is probably the most uh disturbing thing of the film and i kind of was left with like what's the score about like this is kind of just weird music choices but i guess it kind of pays off that kind of you don't know what's going to happen next type of story not a whole lot of stuff that really takes place there's a little bit of conflict here but really just seeing barry egan go through his day-to-day -day where there is that subtleness of rage there too and some yogurt fetish too it's really cool uh but i really liked the film overall and i think it's one i definitely already watched probably want to buy the criterion uh at some point and currently i have it as my number 10 film of 2002 2002's top 10 completely is different than it was at the beginning of the year i love it as a 3.5 star film um for me, uh, I want to talk about Paul Thomas Anderson real quick uh, because I know that he has done some really good work. I want to go over here real quick and take a look at his filmography. Uh, let's see, Licorice Peach. I haven't seen Licorice Peach. I haven't seen yet. I know that's streaming on Amazon Prime now. Let's take a look at his filmography here. Uh, let's see what I, movies I've seen of his. Magnolia. I have not seen Magnolia. Well, that's one that people really talk. Boogie Nights. I've seen Boogie Nights. I really like that top 100 movie there for me. A uh, Punch Truck Love came out in 2002. Then we got There Will Be Blood. It's another top 100 movie. So there's that. And The Master, really awesome film. So I've seen at least three. Oh, oh, Inherent Vice. I saw that with Todd in the theater. So there's four. So this will be my fifth film that I have seen of his. Phantom Thread, I own that movie. Do not, haven't seen it yet. Uh, though it's 2017. I might have to do an episode of that uh, before the year is out. Yeah, so I've seen about four or five of his movies now. And I think if I have to rank the ones I've seen, uh, Boogie Nights is my highest rated of his in my top 100. So it'll probably be Boogie Nights, There Will uh, there will Be Blood. I would probably go with The Master, Punch Drunk Love, and where is it? Well, Boogie Nights, <laughs> There Will Be Blood. I'm not, I haven't wrote these down. I'm just going on the IMDb DB page. The Master... Punch Drunk Love and Inherent Vice. That's the movie. That's the one. Inherent Vice. So that's my top my top five that I've seen of his films. Anyway, that's my quick take on Punch Drunk Love. Let's go on to the next review. Swan Song is directed by Benjamin Cleary and is streaming on Apple Plus. It's not the other Swan Song by uh, uh, 
de hair decorator, or hair stylist. I, I can't even remember what that movie was. It's called. But anyway, uh, that's also a swan song. Two swan songs in the same year. This version is on Apple TV or Apple Plus and stars Mahershala Ali, Naomi Harris, Aquafina, Glenn Close, Adam Beach. Uh, yeah, just really a lot, a really stacked cast just from that uh, that little, uh, you know, that little uh, five actors that I didn't mention. Really, really talented actors. Uh, but anyway, this one, it shows, in the near future, a terminally ill man explores a heart-wrenching, emotional, complex solution to save his wife and son from grief by duplicating himself without them knowing. Uh, very kind of interesting. I didn't know what this movie was going for. And it, it takes a little bit to build up, but you can't help but understand that the performances are really good. Specifically, Mahershali, he's a two-time Oscar winner for Crying Out Loud. He's, uh, he's Blade. I really enjoyed his performance here. I don't think it's um, Oscar caliber or something I wouldn't... It would be kind of really surprising if he did. I don't think he did get the BAFTA nom. Let's, let's double-check that real quick while we're talking. Uh, yes, he did get a BAFTA nomination here. So I guess there was possibility that he could have been nominated for an Oscar for it. Anyway, uh, so this film, as we're seeing Mahershala go through it, I, it's kind of interesting, like, how did this technology get? I had more questions about things. How did the technology come about? Uh, what is how like what's going to happen after he dies like is this this is a clone this is a robot what's going how does that take place they explained it i just didn't catch on to it uh but it's a quite fascinating film and seeing i didn't even know any aquafina was in it seeing his interactions with aquafina i thought that was those really uh, sweet moments there and uh, naomi uh, harris gives a good performance here going close shows up and adam beach too uh for me, Swan Song is one of those movies that, while while even though I liked the story and I enjoyed it, I might not ever watch it again. I'm not under I don't understand why Terry put it as a, like a, a four star film in his top ten of that year. Uh, for me, it's kind of just a, a three star movie that I I thought it was really good. I don't know if I would watch it again, but I think that there's something to build here. I think it'd probably be more interesting maybe as a TV show, like a limited series possibility, uh, possible. Uh, but a really good, kind of a thought-provoking film that reminded me a lot of Ex Machina, to be honest with you. I don't, I don't know why that is, but it just kind of feels like the, the, the visual style, uh, the, the way it's shot and kind of the, the build to it kind of felt a little more Ex Machina to me for, some, for, for whatever reason. Uh, but anyway, uh, Mahershala Ali is really good in it, and I'm giving it, I'll give it three stars, uh, but it's not really, it's kind of more bottom than three stars. But, uh, you know, Terry, I, I, thumbs up to you, I guess. Uh, maybe you're seeing something we're not seeing, it. I have to go listen, listen to the pod to see why you put it as your number two film of 2021. Let's go to the, our final review. The Last Night, or Last Night in Soho, is Edgar Wright's uh, next film in his wonderful filmography i'm a big edgar wright fan and this uh this film sees thomas and mckenzie onion taylor joy doctor who matt smith himself um, and it's, it's just a beautifully shot film to be honest with you but uh, before we jump into that the the synopsis is an aspiring fashion designer is mysteriously able to enter the 1960s where she encounters a dazzling wannabe singer 
but the glamour is not all it appears to be, and the dreams of the past start to crack and splinter in something darker. Now, the big thing for me on this movie is that I did not watch a single trailer for this movie. It was really hard to do because they played this trailer quite a bit in the summer of 2021, or in the year of 2021, when I did go to the movies and on YouTube and stuff, so I had to leave the theater or close my eyes and plug my ears, so I looked, I looked like a crazy person in the theater, but I didn't want to know anything about the movie going into it, uh, so I went in completely blind, and I'm happy that HBO Max decided to finally put this one free for streaming, because I don't know, I, I would have paid the rental fee, I guess, or the, the buying fee too, because I'd have been watching a bunch of other stuff. And just didn't get to this one, but I, you know, I sat down. I was like, "Let's watch it." And I gotta say, and this is another film, just like Punch Drunk Love, that the slow build up at the beginning almost took me out of it. However, the third act is just like, "Whoa, that's what it was building to," and the whole thing plays perfectly. And I cannot wait to rewatch this movie again because I can see this probably being a top ten movie of 2021. I know that Todd did put it in his top ten, so I give him props for that one. But Edgar Wright has a visual style and he has a way with music and putting the right songs into this, the movies to make it feel authentic and unique. And I that's got to applaud the guy's visual style. But what we're really watching here is these two leading actresses uh, give amazing performances, specifically Thomas and Mackenzie here because. You know, she's been in, uh, in things that we we really like. Like, I, I've enjoyed her in Jojo Rabbit, but the movie that she really kind of just shows that she is this huge this, this star in the making is Leave No Trace, which is a great film there. Uh, she was kind of wasted and old, but she was still decent in it anyway. Uh, but Thomas McKenzie is just a very talented actress. I would not be surprised if she... Uh, gets an Oscar nomination at some point in her career. Uh, really awesome. I can also say the same thing with Anya Taylor-Joy. She is blowing up a lot right now, uh, considering that she uh, basically a couple years ago was kind of an unknown actress going into The Witch and then Split. Uh, it's just a really talented actress. Uh, she was in New Mutants, probably the best thing about that. The Queen's Gambit. Uh, Morgan. Oh, yeah, Morgan. I, I've never seen this movie, but I, I know of it. It was one of those movies that... Uh, can't remember. I, anyway, that's when I talk about Morgan here. It was yeah, her first movie was The Witch, and uh, yeah, it was a really good film in 2015. And then uh, oh, what's this? Is she playing? Oh, okay. I do not want to see that. She plays in Barry. We're watching Barry Barry in the sideshow. That's interesting. It makes me excited for that. Uh, but she has a really good filmography here too. I did not see Emma. I know I need to watch that from 2020. Uh, but anyway, uh, really awesome filmography. She was in The Northman this year, which I really enjoyed. And I, one of my movies I'm really looking forward to, The Menu, coming out later the year, too. Uh, but she just just really, like, the way that she's in this film here, you just can't help but keep your like keep your eyes on her because she's going to do something uh, fantastic, it feels like. I think that's what she's been known for in her career now. And whenever she's on the screen, you just can't take your eyes off her because there's something about her that's mesmerizing. It's also cool to see Matt Smith. I, I've never seen Doctor Who, and I believe he was in The Queen, too. I never watched these two shows that have really good followings. But he was kind of caught my eye, too. He has this presence in this, presence in this uh, the way he speaks, that it's just, you, you're kind of, like, drawn in, but also, like, reserved at the same time. Like, what's this guy going to do? What's his motives that he has for him? And he takes a really turn for the, the worst near the end. 
as well, which is awesome. Uh, but what I really loved about the film was that third act, man. It was really brutal, and it, he kind of told a horror story for the very first time, and I really loved it. Uh, Last Night in Soho, really solid flick here. Borderline top 10 movie of 2021. This is an easy three and a half stars. I'm surprised no one else liked it on the pod other than Todd. But I'm right with you, bud. Uh, like, this is a great movie. I've thoroughly enjoyed it from start to finish, especially looking back now. That the, the build up, the, the front first half kind of almost lost me until you realize that everything is plays this perfect beat to everything. And it pays off at the end, and it, it makes you love the whole entire movie. Really want to go back and rewatch it. I'm really mesmerized, um, not mesmerized, but really kind of like. Like how did it transport? What was up with this room? I, I really, I really dug it, and it was cool to see kind of the 1960s shine in this really sleek, beautiful style of film. And as you're right, knocks it out of the park once again. I really enjoyed last night in Soho. Go check it out. Anyway, that's my quick little daily notes episode here. I'm, I'm definitely going to come back uh, with another episode. But I guess I, I haven't done this in a while. Let's let's spin the wheel. Let's 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 do it, shall we? Let's go. All right. So you know how this works. I put. All the films that are or all the years that are celebrating anniversaries from five and ten years and so on and so forth, all the way back to 1982, as well as Spielberg. I put Spielberg back on here because I definitely want to go back through his uh, filmography, and plus I want to go back and watch the next Indiana Jones movie too, really soon. So anyway, let's get into it. We're spinning around here, folks. We are going, going, going. All right, 1987 is the year that we got, 1987. I can't think of any films right off the top of my head, but we got a spreadsheet here. Let's put some movies on. All right, so I put about six films from 1987 that I thought would be good headliner uh, episodes for this uh, episode, for the next episode here. And the movies are Dirty Dancing, Evil Dead 2, The Witches of Eastwick, Empire of the Sun, which also count as a Spielberg film, which is awesome. The Untouchables and Moonstruck. So we're going to spin it and see which ones we're going to get. I'm kind of cool with every, any one of those. I think the biggest ones, blind spots for me, that I'm like, why haven't I seen those already? It's Evil Dead 2 and Dirty Dancing. I think those ones would be ones why I'd like would be in like right in that wheelhouse. Like I, those seem like movies I would have watched already. But let's take a look here. I guess Untouchables would be in there, that category too. But anyway, here we go. Spinning the wheel. Oh, <laughs> there we go. All right. It, it, the votes are in, and it's going to be Dirty Dancing. Uh, there we go. No, spin the wheel again. Uh, dirty Dancing is the film that we're going to be talking about. And I need to figure out a film that we're going to tag team that with. Let's take a look here. All right, so I figured out, I looked at the 1987 movies that I have watched recently, and I've already talked about two of them on the podcast, Wall Street and Beverly Hills Cop uh, 2, I believe. Uh, so what we're going to do is we're going to actually, in honor of a film that just came out on Hulu called Prey, which is a Predator movie, we're going to talk about Arnold Schwarzenegger's Predator. Uh, so I think that's a good little tie-in there. And plus, we want to go back and rewatch the series because Predator was a lot of fun. And I think it's on my number fifth film in 1987, going as of recording it. So next week, you're going to see Dirty Dancing as well as Predator. We're going to have the time of our lives, everybody. Till next time, I will see you later. Later. <laughs>